0: Welcome to the Yumiverse podcast. We're your hosts, Jeffrey and Odette. Together we have thousands of hours of yoga and meditation experience.
1: Here, you get to be butterflies on the wall and listen in on our joyous spiritual conversations about how these practices have and continue to transform us. Thank you for joining. I'm Jeffrey here with Odette Hughes and we are doing our first podcast. We have been talking about this for some time. We both have been approached and also considered doing podcasts in the past and we've had conversations together about how we had the desire but it never kind of came to fruition for many reasons. I personally just didn't really feel like speaking into the void. I tend to be a bit loquacious and can speak for hours at a time. And I so much enjoy having someone else to bounce off with. And you have had actually a few, I think, um encounters where you have pursued podcasts, but have just not fully come to fruition because I think you had mentioned... They weren't necessarily aligned with what you were wanting to do. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. Or it was like the seed of it started, but then there wasn't enough energy to keep it going. Or uh, I just didn't want to do a podcast by myself. That's what I yeah. realized. I, I attempted to start one at the beginning of the year and it was just me. And I could tell it just wasn't meant to to happen because my files wouldn't save or <laughs> like it was really, it was like way harder than it should have been. So I was just waiting, waiting for the right people and the right time. And here it is.
1: And this is what I kind of was envisioning in meditation yesterday. And that is you have a lot of people that come to you that approach you. I have had the same and I always had people asking me to share in I think more robust ways. And like I was saying, I would kind of start to do that, but I didn't have something. I didn't have something to bounce off of. And It was this kind of same thing that you were sharing that I did actually do it. And then it would be this very long, protracted conversation with self. And then there would be kind of these problems that I would have. Hmm. And it felt like there was a lot of resistance there. And I knew that the desire was there. And I I obviously knew that it was being asked from me, Mm -hmm. but it just felt like there was so much resistance and I, I just kind of let it go. And then you and I started talking and... There was all this overlap, not just with this, but other things that we had Mm -hmm. um, desires to do. And it just felt so fun and effortless. And although (laughs) we've had a few little challenges here as we've started this one today, it hasn't been anything that uh, hasn't been part of the process, part of the fun kind of aspect of it. So, what I would like to do is I think kind of explain maybe or talk a little bit maybe about your background, your history. Um, with yoga, with meditation, just kind of naturally let it, allow it to go there, and then I'm sure some of the overlaps with myself will come out, and then that will give people I think that are just listening, which is the intention of this first podcast, is to give a little background of us personally and why we have this desire uh, to share. You know what we what we want to share, which we're not purely defining right now, Mm -hmm. but we did just create a tagline today, which I think really encompasses it all, which is joyous spiritual conversation, Mm -hmm. which originally was like two sentences.
0: (laughs) I love that, honestly.
1: And I, and this is what I appreciate so much about you is that I'm this very detailed, I really get into the depths of things and then you kind of consolidate and concisely put things together. It's this perfect balance. And I so much appreciate that aspect of you. I think that's what we've kind of landed with joyous, spiritual, joyous conversations. spiritual
0: conversations. Yes. I think that definitely wraps up what all of this is going to be about. Like both, both mm-hmm. you and I, we practice yoga, both you and I meditate and our conversations that we have had have been not just revolving around Experiences we've had in those practices, but like our mindsets and why, why we think the way that we do. And, right. uh, that was what I was asked for the most in terms of a podcast or sharing in terms of writing. People asked me about my mindset and why do you, why do you see the world the way that you do? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like joyous spiritual conversations is a great <laughs> like package for, for sharing those kinds of things.
1: And that kind of segues into what I would love to talk about foremost about you. And that is what you feel maybe in the moment most inclined to share as far as your, your journey, how you came to be who you are currently and where you're moving towards and those practices, which I think some people can understand and resonate with, and some people may not and maybe hearing something like this for the first time. And that is how you have cultivated this version of self.
0: Wow. Yes.
1: And what that currently is. And, you know, just speaking freely to that. And I think for me, the main events that kind of moved me in that direction that I was asking for unconsciously at the time versus now where everything I do is very conscious and deliberate and intentional.
0: Yes. Yes. And I think that is a, that's a journey in and of itself, just realizing That there are patterns that you might have that are more subconscious or your desires might even be more under the radar. Uh, And then realizing those, those coming up to the surface and then realizing that you can act deliberately on those things instead of just being moved around. Mm. But, oh, my gosh, it's almost like it's almost a hard question to answer because my entire life, you know, has made me the person that I am. Of course. Today. But I guess I'll start where you originally asked the question, which is like, how did I get into yoga? Uh, These, these practices, like what was that journey specifically Mm -hmm. for me? And if I could start it there and we can always back up earlier, because I know you've had experiences that were much earlier in your life. Right. That really brought you into your mind. For me, uh, my yoga journey, I, it began actually before stepping into a studio because I was interested in really mindful movement. I wanted to be a dancer, but I never pursued that because the types of dance I wanted to learn, there just weren't teachers available in my Uh area. Like I wanted to learn flamenco. I wanted to uh, learn types of dance that I just couldn't find Mm -hmm. teachers near me, to put it simply. And so I found a Tai Chi teacher and I found a Tai Chi studio. And that's how I began. I began like my mindful movement connection journey through Tai Chi and did Tai Chi for like two years, I think. And um, yeah, just like it's a movement meditation. It really is. And it's really not that different from the physical yoga practice, although it's, it's rooted in a different culture. And at that same time, I was learning an instrument called the sitar, which is an Indian instrument. And my sitar teacher, she had a statue where we would practice music of Shiva, of the dancing Shiva <laughs> and a map of India. And that was also before I did any yoga and it's like the yoga practices themselves were coming into my experience in these, these ways first. Mm-hmm. And yeah, about 10 years ago, I just stepped into a studio out of curiosity and got into the hardest class I could. <laughs> didn't even take a beginner class. I was like, you know, we're just going to see what this is like when we know what we're doing and we'll figure it out. And so that's, that's what I did. I went to the, the hardest class I could and I loved it. And I just stuck with it. Every day I went in the morning, did the hardest class for six months. (laughs) Wasn't really interested in meditation. I was like, so there was so much to learn. So many poses, so many names, so many poses I couldn't do. And Uh so that physical part of it was a big focus for a long time for me. Right. And it was like that for many, many years. And the meditation aspect really only been interesting to me and compelling to me in the last two to three years. And now i still practice physically, but not at all like I was doing before. I'll just do enough that I feel good. And then I'll, I meditate. Like my mind is really what I'm interested in forming now. Yeah. More, more consciously. So that in a nutshell (laughs) is how the journey started. And where I am now is like, I'm really interested in my mind. And shaping that on a day to day basis,
1: and I think you know, as I was saying, I wanted to kind of just get that initial foray into an understanding of background, because over time, more things will obviously come to the surface, and conversations that we have yes. you and i you and I have had hours and hours of conversations uh the first time we actually met in person, I think ninety five percent of our time together was. Deep spiritual conversation.
0: Yes. And I think that should be the norm. I think everybody yeah. should have <laughs> joyous spiritual conversations every day. I really do.
1: It was interesting for me because I knew I'd been asking for that. And this goes back to kind of deliberate and intentional living. Um, you know, I, there's so much I could speak about right now with what you shared, but I did kind of want to give it a background as to. Uh, kind of our first interaction. And I had been asking for somebody who was uh, matching me in some way to have these kind of interactions I hadn't been matched in the way that I couldn't even fully fathom until it was occurring, if that makes sense. But I knew I was asking for that. And so when we finally had our rendezvous, it was so amazing. It was so intense. And I kept telling you, I was asking for this because I knew And we'll get into this at some point, likely maybe not even in this particular episode about how my practice works, how I'm intentional, how yours is and how everyone's is different and unique to their own experience. And that's kind of, I think, where you and I also overlap that there is no specific or I should say perfect process for anyone to connect with self at this level that we talk about. But I won't get too far ahead. I do just want to mention that that is part of, I think, the importance of where you and I have this understanding of self as well, that there is nothing that you can do. You can't go and do a particular type of yoga or discipline of yoga or tai chi or anything and find that through that specific process or philosophy. It's just all of these kind of blend together to find your unique connection that then allows you to then share with others. And that was one of the first things that really drew my attention from you.
0: Yes. And I feel like everybody who's listening to the podcast are they're also, in a sense, asking for those kinds of those kinds of conversations. And, you know, just hearing people have those kinds of conversations sets uh, like a certain platform for them or like a, a model like, oh, I'd like to have conversations like that with someone close to me. So I'd love to hear the same from you, like the, if you could just pack it into a nutshell and I know there's more, but what about you?
1: For sure. Um, I'll kind of go where you did. There's so much overlap, but there's some differences in that I did when I was much, much younger, have experiences where I had to be with myself at very young ages for long durations of time. And I was starting to explore my mind and my experience and... When you're that young and you're still kind of putting things together, you're like this amalgamation of conditions, really, because you're born, you're told what is. We have this kind of way in which we interpret reality. But because I was removed from that at different points in my adolescence, I was already kind of understanding things that, for me, were normal. And I would look at other people and I would think you know, and and that's interesting. Or why is that person that way? Because it seemed like that a lot of people, even adults in my experience were very reactionary and I just didn't, I couldn't understand it. And it was very, um, I don't want to say challenging, but it was very, uh, uh, just very striking to me because I would have these experiences with myself. And then I would see these other people that I thought were kind of the, <laughs> the rulers of the world behaving in ways that didn't make sense to me. Um, so that's kind of what I feel I'm kind of called intuitively to speak about kind of early experiences in my life. But then that eventually evolved to me always exploring other things. And when I say other things, I mean ideas, And this is also because I had some health problems and I knew intuitively that being ill was not natural. And there was a few years in my adolescence where I was in and out of the hospital and it just didn't feel right. And I was told that you're going to be on medication for the duration of your life or you're this or you're this. And it, it never felt right. I, I felt this strong, strong intuition at that time because I was still very much connected to it, that this isn't right. It was uh, like a bad dream that I was supposed to wake up from at that time. Like I knew there was a purpose for it, if that makes sense. And it did finally make sense years and years later, because then I would help people in their own kind of health journey. But then eventually it got much, much, much deeper as I got into other practices like yoga and meditation. I, early on, I was already kind of going to self instead of external. I wasn't asking questions that I thought other people had answers to. I knew that they were all within me. And so I healed myself from the time I was 13 to 18 in ways that people would have Doctors would have been in disbelief.
0: They were, weren't they? You told yeah. they were in yeah. disbelief. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, they were in disbelief within months of some of the things I was doing. But it was the power of my knowingness and my innate, my inner self, or whatever one wants to call it. And we'll likely probably have a lot of different languages we move forward with, you know, our conversations. But you know, I call what is beyond our physical. I like the terminology, non-physical or source or universe or whatever, but I was tapped into that. We all are when we come in, we just get conditioned otherwise, but I was very much tapped into it because I had to be because of my conditions, my surroundings. And so then for 10 years, I lived an amazing life and I was doing things that people were like, how do you do that? How did, you know, it was like things would happen so fast for me, but it's because I'd already tuned to this thing and I didn't listen to things outside of me. You know, I was like, oh, I want to do this. And I would just know I'm going to do this. And it would happen.
0: Yes, yes. it's, it's It reminds me of the word flow. You've used that word a lot.
1: Yes. I didn't realize that I was doing that, but I, I would always uplift others and they would tell me their limitations and intuitively I would just say, no, that's not true. You can do whatever you want. And I just knew that anyone could do whatever they wanted. I mean, this is before... You know, YouTube was a thing. I was teaching myself how to do stuff through various websites before YouTube tutorial. Like no one was really learning anything online at the time, but I taught myself how to do edit I mean all kinds of things because I just knew. And then the universe would provide it and it would just all flow. And it was just this amazing experience for about a decade of just continual, fun, joyous, expansive things that most people don't do in their entire life. And I was always telling people, you can do it too. You can do it too. But I just didn't know how it was something that I cultivated through my experiences when I was younger, but I wasn't really sure how I had. And then about a decade later, I had an incident that I died and then I came back and I knew the same thing, but in a much deeper way, I was told you're going to be this and this. And I once again, didn't listen to those limitations. And I, now I do things that I wouldn't even imagine possible before that incident. (laughs) So then that kind of led me to try to find some consistency in all of this. And that's when my yoga came in. And the first time I did yoga was in Santa Monica with a very soulful brother of mine, Antonio. And it was just amazing. It was right before I was heading on to a trip to New Zealand. And it kind of opened the door, kind of like what you were saying, where uh, you just started having these experiences that were moving you in that direction. And I too, like Netflix, when it first came out was just, you know, you'd rent DVDs on, I think their website and they would mail them to you. And I used to order like Tai Chi and all kinds of stuff. And I would just play with it, you know, and I just play with like that stillness unconsciously asking for that. But the main point is I was being moved in that direction, kind of like you were, which was these, uh, other practices that, that weren't so rigid in what they were trying to innately teach. And so I don't have to go into the detail of like my yoga and meditation history, but that was then when I finally found something that allowed me to practice deliberately in some way this connection that I had found multiple times in my life and then learn how to share that with others. Not through any particular paradigm or philosophy, but just using those as tools. And you and I have talked about this a lot, that... Yoga and meditation are just tools, and I don't ever even use a lot of the language that a lot of people do through different lineages of either one of those because it can become, I would say, inhibitive because then people start attaching to that and then thinking that is what this or I should be experiencing.
0: Right, yes, all these conceptual ideas because the concepts can be tied to a whole bunch of other ideas, or they might have preconceived notions about what those concepts are, like the concept of enlightenment, for example. Um, You can use your own words and your own language. So it sounds like you had had all these experiences early in your life. And then you'd mentioned that you didn't really know how you had done what you did or how to teach it. But then these provided you some more tools for teaching. If I can use that word, it also sounds like You had a sort of mental stubbornness, (laughs) you know, people telling you outside of you, well, you're going to experience this and you're going to have to do this or you won't be able to do this. And I'm not sure you actually outwardly said, well, no, but it sounds like at least inside you were like, well, no, (laughs) there's this like stubbornness where, you know, that's not true or, you know, that's not right. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's very much right. And I think everyone has those experiences, but it's all relative. Like you'll hear about people that overcame, not even overcame, or just people that became, you know, well-known in their field, whether they're scientists or entertainers or whatever. And it's all the same experience. It's because really at the core of that is ourselves doing that to ourselves to learn who we really are and the power of who we really are. And I won't go into the the depths of that right now, but that is very much what was happening within me. And it wasn't and I I like that you say stubbornness, but it was but it was because of my early experience in childhood. Because when we're children, we're very much in tune with what feels good and what doesn't, and that's really kind of our guidance system. And so to be so young and have these extreme experiences, I knew this isn't right. I I we're supposed to feel good. I like I knew that, and so that's what was my guidance system. Like early on when I was ill, and then later on. Same kind of thing. It was these people telling me, well, you're going to have this and this and this. And I was like, well, that's not true. So I wouldn't respond outwardly, as you said, but I just knew, you know, innately. And we all have that. And that's what I really try to get people to understand is that we all have that. We've just been conditioned away from it. And if we learn how to to tune back to that through these practices, now that I talk about like yoga and meditation, then we live our lives in that flow state all the time and life can be, and is supposed to be joyous all the time. <laughs> so, so yeah. And that's why I feel like all those experiences I had asked for, because I knew eventually I would be sharing this in a bigger way. And, uh, and even with somebody like you, who, you know, you and I have had so many conversations and I enjoy them so much because you, you're this grounding aspect of this. Whereas if I'm talking by myself, it's just goes and goes and goes. And so, uh, it really feels like this was all coming together for this now moment. And because of how much I appreciate these conversations and I've been doing this for a while and I've talked and you and I've talked about this, like you've had a big online presence for a while. And I've been engaged with a lot of people in real life for a long time. You know, every day I'm out, somebody comes and approaches me and I talk to them for a long period of time. It wasn't until I started talking with you that it felt like it made sense. It was finally coming together for this moment to me. And you and I have talked about this a little bit about how much are we creating our experience and how much are we in flow with kind of what we've already created and that's where I feel like a lot of our conversations might go. And I'm very curious about how those kind of open up. And this is the one thing I kind of want to talk about with you in this one, at least. And that is your practice now. You know, you've mentioned that you are more interested in, in not so much the physical aspect. It's because you kind of went through that physical aspect that you needed to to get to the depths more so of, say, like the mental. Um, but how is it that you utilize your practice now from your meditative aspect, because that's your most interesting endeavor currently to live your life the way that you feel is, is the best way that you can as of right now.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I'd love to hear what you think about that also. I mean, I couldn't have told you a couple years ago that I would think the way that I do, or that I'd be here right now, or that my focus would be what it was. Like I couldn't have predicted it. And it was like it was it's just a natural progression of I was really focused on, it. for example, in yoga, the poses and accomplishing sp- specific ones. And I was teaching yoga also. Right. So I almost felt like it was a responsibility for me to to do that and to continue being engaged in the physical practices and I would also, in terms of like less physical practices that are under the umbrella of of yoga, like breathing practices, for example, I would play with those in ways that other people had already done. There were uh, breathing practice, like if I can call them sequences or protocols That other gurus or bigger teachers, teachers that lots of people know would, would do. And I was really trying to follow those as they were written and breathe in for this many seconds and out that many seconds. And so I was really doing what I thought a responsible yoga teacher would do. And then over time, after I had like accomplished the poses that were really hard for me and I kind of, I was over that hill and after practicing these breathing practices, the way they were written and not really feeling anything <laughs> change yeah. by doing that. And I actually felt a lot of resistance doing it that way. I sort of just dropped the rules. I just dropped them and uh, started doing things my own way. And that I think was a big point. Yes. Not that it was one moment, but I was like, you know, maybe my yoga pose doesn't have to be exactly this every time. Maybe I can just do what feels good. Maybe I can just move around a little bit bit more fluidly. And then with my breathing practices, same thing. I was like, you know, I really just don't, this feels so rigid. And I have so much in my life that is like accomplishment based and number based. that I don't really want to breathe like this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I stopped. I stopped doing the pranayama, which is what the breathing practices are called, those practices. And then I found as I just like wanted to sit a little bit more and not do that as i just sat i would my body would want to move a little bit on its own and my breathing yeah. would change naturally so anyway i guess that's a long way of saying i stopped being so rigid and then i i allowed this more fluidness to happen in my practice and that became so fun and so interesting yeah. to me because i just like I did not want to sit and meditate. I did not want to sit and meditate. I did not want to count my breaths. It was so not what I wanted to do. <laughs> but once I made it fun and fluid and I added my own music and was listening, it it was really something I wanted to do every day.
1: And when did this happen? When did that uh, shift happen?
0: Probably like 2019. Okay. Um, probably 2019. I'd spent a long time mastering handstand and mm-hmm. I was still teaching and wanted to just do the best I could for my students. So I was keeping up on my, my breathing practices and trying to meditate, trying to meditate with other (laughs) people had done. And these people that had accomplished these amazing things and their own perspective, but it just wasn't working for me. And yeah, it was like a letting go of the rules that really opened that door. So that was like 2019. And then I'll I'll finish this in the next like minute, this like where I am now, I, stopped being so so interested in mastering poses because handstand was like the hardest one for me it was like the one I just could not get and once I got it I the the desire was not there anymore to master any more poses and once I started breathing and meditating ways that I liked I just wanted to do that and then that naturally brought me more into my own mind and noticing my thoughts and my moods and how those seem to be reflected pretty accurately in my life between like 2019 to now. And so th- now um, I don't feel like I have to sit or meditate in any formal way. I can even just be in bed or walking and just yeah. be in my own mind and in my own body and ask myself questions. Like, what am I feeling now? What am I focusing on now? What do I want to focus on now? And I realize it's a, it's a choice. And that's (laughs) when, you know, that's basically where I am now. Like what thoughts am I going to choose? What moods as best as I can, am I going to choose? And then just for fun as experiments, seeing if that reflects in my world. Right. So that's it.
1: (laughs) That's basically what happened. Well, I love that so much because it goes, it, it aligns with what I was talking about and what you and I've had conversations about in the past where we get caught up in these paradigms that people create and they're limiting. And we've been telling each other what to do for so long in these rigid ways. And not because there was anything wrong with that, but we are always evolving, not just individually, but collectively. And So many things that we've done for ourselves and attempt to help or facilitate others becomes limiting. And your story is a perfect example of that where you were doing this and this pose and and you were trying to meditate this way with these types of breathing exercises. And then when you finally let it go, you found that that connection and that foundation helped that. Not to say that those didn't benefit you. They certainly did. Um, but then once you kind of discovered that you were the one that knew best how to, how to really harness that, then you found all these, these new expansive ways, which is the same thing that I talk about with anything, whether it be religion or philosophy or, or any program. Um, if it's just a starting point, then that's great, but it should always lead you back to self always. And if it doesn't, And you have to go through something or someone, then... It's not really going to get you where you're asking to go, which is why there is no such thing as a guru. (laughs) Like it's a full on guru and definitely for a person.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. Well, I mean, you could say everybody's a guru or nobody is, but I know what you mean. Like these, these ascended masters Mm -hmm. or whatever. I I think it does kind of, it idolizes them and puts them Mm -hmm. in this state where it's like, wow, they accomplished this and it must be so hard. And yeah, I had to take everybody off of all of those pedestals. It reminds me going back, uh, it reminds me what you were just saying of learning any art, uh, specifically music or painting, like there are rules, but you learn the rules. So then you can let the rules go (laughs) and you have an awareness that they exist, but then you can just go off and really create. And it's almost like when I let go of the rigidness and the accomplishmentness of my practice and like achieving things. My my physical practice was able to be more expansive, but my mind also mirrored that, too. And I was able to become more expansive in my thinking. Right. So I'd love to hear um, about you now, about how you I mean, your practices. I know there are many, but like how you use your practices now in a similar way.
1: It would be useful to say that even speaking about some of my history lends to the understanding that I was never willing to listen to anyone (laughs) because I knew (laughs) because I was always told the wrong thing, you know, as long as I could remember. It was always limiting things. And it was even before I had some of those health things when I was much, much younger. It was always, I was told my limitations or not just mine, but anyone's limitations. And I just intuitively knew that wasn't true. And the same thing as I eventually got into say a practice, I, I'm i kind of the same way as you are. I did this yoga class in Santa Monica and then I was traveling for like, I don't know, nine months. And I, that was very soulful in itself. And then I came back to the States and I was in Dallas and then I had that event. And then I had a partner at the time uh, who would take me to her yoga classes and I liked it. I enjoyed it. I liked, I liked more the, the environment and the energy of it, but same kind of thing <laughs> within a couple of classes, I was like, I want to just do this by myself. And then I would. And then was like, you know what? I should just learn as much as I can real quick. And so I just did the teacher training after like two classes. Real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I took two classes like I'm gonna do teacher training. And she had actually suggested I do teacher training. I was like, okay. And so I did and we would read books and then we'd have conversations. And that to me is what really somehow opened me up. And so then from there, I just would at night just start breathing and I would just sit with myself and allow my body to start moving me. And this is eight, nine years ago. And I would start telling people, I was like, man, I can't teach yoga because I don't teach any yoga that I've ever seen or heard. And so I only taught at a studio for like a month or two because it was like, I was going in to create these, these classes that were structured that I was not practicing that way. And it didn't resonate with me. So it felt like it wasn't fun. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm not going to teach that way. And it took me about a year or two before I started teaching the way that I was doing, which was sitting with myself, starting to breathe and allowing my body to move me. You know, I'd done sports my whole life. I had weight trained. I had all these things I'd done physical. Nothing rivaled me just giving myself the space to breathe and allow source to flow through me, if that's the best way of putting it. And I didn't know how to teach it. And then eventually I did. Um, and then that's kind of, to me, the, 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 foundation of everything that I was doing for my yoga and then eventually my meditation. And then fast forward six years and I found myself in this place where I was meditating 10 to 15 hours a day and it just kind of all came together and lot it wasn't like I set out to do that. It's just that my life led to that moment. And then I had the most profound experiences where I, it, was, it was under nothing, under no specific intention other than just to receive whatever I can following the anchor of my breath, which was unique to me in every given moment. Um, it was never a specific type of breath, but I did and do say that it was just always deeper and slower and longer and more expansive. And I would get into like two minute inhale and exhale cycles. And when I would get into those, that would take me hours to get there. But when I would get there, my body would dissipate. I wouldn't feel anything. And I would have experiences that now I've talked with hundreds and likely thousands of people about this that rivaled people that used, you know, plant medicines. And I realized, once again, there's nothing outside of us. It's all within. And you don't need anything to have any of these experiences. And then so that now led to now. How does how do I kind of utilize this now? And it's kind of similar to you and And that is I just it's kind of to, i use meditation or my physical practice as a tuning, and I tune to a feeling, and to me, I refer to it as vibration because a feeling is very limiting because it's just a word that then encompasses this broad experience, just joy in of itself is experienced to me in many different ways, and so if I just say that, then it's not very. Specific And for me, I always kind of refer to this feeling as a sensation, which is like kind of a vibratory sensation, because when you're in those highest states, it's almost like a very high vibration. It's just very, but it doesn't mean that I have to be jumping around and excited. It could just be this really extremely satisfied state, or it could be one of those very excited states, but it's very obvious when you sit with yourself deliberately to feel those and to tune to those. And then you know exactly what that feels like in such a subtle way because you've sat with it for hours and hours and hours. And in my particular case, thousands of hours. So I'm very aware of the state that I'm in that I don't personally associate with an emotion, but when I'm referring to it to other people, I do because that's the way in which they can interpret it or understand it. So now what I do is I know if I need to use a physical practice or if I just need to sit and anchor in my breath to get to whatever state I want to be in. And then through that acquisition, I know then that is what I'm attracting into my experience. And that is kind of the simple version of it. And, you know, we could probably, if you want, maybe wrap this one up here, because if we go further, what I'll start talking about and what we'll probably get into, and I know you want to keep these shorter... And right now it shows says we've been on for four four four, which is cool. Um, but we'll we'll eventually start talking about what I feel like this lends to is how then at these subtle levels are we playing with what our experiences are internally, and then what we are attracting externally, or what are we creating externally? And I could speak. I know if we go into those topics, it'll it will get into a little more depth as to how you and I have come in to hear other people's teachings that are similar to what our personal experiences have been. But then once again, not getting caught up in any particular teaching, but just using it as a reference. Um, But this goes to me into like manifestation and, and really those much more deeper states of awareness.
0: Yes. I think that I would be, I haven't even heard of what really what you did during those thousands of hours. And I feel like that would be interesting for subsequent episodes Mm -hmm. to hear about some of those experiences, if you'd be willing to share.
1: Yeah, I would love to. Yeah,
0: and I, I, I do love how, just to, to touch on this, how you mentioned the feeling being more of a sensation and you attribute that more to like a vibrational idea because it's more mm-hmm. specific. And I like that you also used the word states because I, that's a word that I use for to, um, encompass all of those things together. Like what is my state of being? And I would love to talk more about that in the future too. Like how I use that in my practice, this idea of states and yeah, it sounds like we both have more of an inward practice right now, even though we don't, it's not like we don't do anything physical. We both enjoy moving our bodies and and being outside. (laughs) It's not like we're bashing that. And I wanted to say that too. It's not, I don't feel like Cause there are some disciplines that are very, um, I don't want to use the word rigid, but it's like every day you do the same thing at the same time and, and it's re- yeah. regimented like that. And I don't think that's wrong. I don't think that's not right. And for someone else, like they might continue doing that their entire life, <laughs> right. but yeah, I think you and I definitely come together and we, we agree on this more fluid, personal inward approach. It being. seems yeah. like, Yeah.
1: I did want to remark on that a little bit real quick. And that is, and what I discovered in a lot of these experiences, and I don't, I still sometimes yearn for, you know, oh, I want to do three hours meditation today because there is this experience that you have. And here's the main point of it. Nothing is ever really happening external of us. Um, it just seems like it, but When you learn how to connect internally to these states of being and that you cultivate them from within and then you witness those things happening around you and you realize that you have much more control of your experiences than you ever thought you did, because we're trying to control everything externally. Like, oh, if I have this relationship or if I do this job or this or this, then I'll feel this way because anyone, everyone just wants to feel love. But when they find how to cultivate that from within regardless of their experience that is happening, that's true unconditional love. That's unconditional love for self. And therefore you attract from that place of being and you will find yourself with people around you all the time that are asking for that or just reflecting that from you. And then you get to choose how it is that you be from those states of being. And I won't go into the depths of that right now, but like you were saying, there's different levels of awareness of self or levels of consciousness, but everyone is on a journey of that discovery and different people have different paths and even different depths in which they explore those paths. I never listened to any spiritual teachers or anyone until after that year. And then when I did, I realized everyone was saying the same thing from their current Level of perception because when you're tuned in to that, I used to always say connected or disconnected, you know when you're connected because of how it feels. And then you know you're kind of translating from your broader perspective, yourself, your soul, whatever you want to call it. And then you are being effortless, whatever it is you're doing, whether you're an actor on stage or whether you're a musician creating music, they know that flow state. That's the same thing. But people also do it as they're translating words for others that are being guided. And so for me, I, for a long time, wanted everybody to understand what I had discovered. But then I realized not everybody is on that same path of understanding. And so there's nothing wrong with anything that anyone does, because no matter what, everyone is connected to themselves at some point and they're moving along their path. And the ones that are asking are going to come into your experience. So I just wanted to kind of remark that for a while I wanted to show everyone as much as I could. And then I realized I only show people that are asking because those are the ones that are able to even hear. And I think that's also why I didn't do podcasts before now, because I wanted to have it kind of in this format and have it in this conversational way. And it's so much more fun to do that. So, yeah, nothing's ever going wrong. No one's ever doing anything wrong. If it feels good while you're doing it, then you should be doing it. Simple (laughs) as that.
0: Yeah, I think we should get into that more in the next episode. This last thing yeah. we're touching on, um, those are because yeah. to a lot of people, those are going to be very big statements. And yeah. uh, I I feel like that is what I've been mastering in my own life recently. And I'm still not fully there. Like I still react and, and forget that sometimes. Uh, but I think we should pick up there if you sure. think that's a good idea for the next
1: one. Yeah. And I think that maybe like, will give people an insight as to where we're going. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. It's That's kind yeah. like a teaser. Yeah. So we're already talking about the past. Two. Yeah. We're ready to yeah. move forward. We're ready yeah, to go forward yeah.
0: now. That was enough.
1: <laughs> yeah. I do want to say that there is so much here between us and our conversations that we've had just personally that I know. And even as we open this up for others to maybe ask questions, I can just feel this is right. And it's so fun. And this you know, this has just flown by and you know me, I could go for hours and (laughs) hours and, you know, I just, I'm so excited about this. And I've been talking about this with you for a while and my excitement about it. And this is just one of a few things that we are coming together to co-create on. And, you know, I just, Mm -hmm. all of this has just been so enjoyable and I just want to extend once again, as I always do, how much I appreciate you and what you bring and just our dynamic and everything about all of this. So yeah, you are, Amazing. And I appreciate you more than I can express through words.
0: Oh, back at you. Back at you. A hundred percent. A hundred thousand percent.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, we will end this here and then we will pick up kind of where we're leaving off for next one. So thank everyone for joining us. This is such a pleasure. Um, I don't know exactly where we will have a place to ask questions, but even if there are some in this first episode, there will likely be a place wherever you are listening to this.
0: Maybe we should tell them where they can find us individually right now, although we are making our, our shared spaces. Where can they find you?
1: For sure. For right now, the only place I am uh, discoverable, I should say, is on Instagram, and that is referee jobbert r-e-f-f-r-e-y-j-o-b-e-r-t uh or as my friends say referee jobert <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh
1: and then you uh
0: i'm odette o-d-e-t-t-e with two underscores after and then hughes h-u-g-h-e-s and yeah i know we're making our own shared spaces so all of that is subject to change but <laughs> that's yeah. where we are and right that now is on
1: instagram by the way that is, that is her name on instagram yeah so awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, everybody. This has been a pleasure, and uh, episode two coming soon.